Hey everybody, welcome back to the Jesse Nyberg podcast. Today we're here with Fuller, talented creative designer, works in the music industry mainly. How you doing, man? I'm good. How are you? Not bad. What you uh, kind of been up to this week? Man, today I actually worked on some graphics for Paul McCartney, so I'm super stoked on that. It's like a dream, mm. dream That's job. Tough. I'm trying to knock out um, all of the remaining Beatles or just design for the Beatles like before I buy the farm. That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully I can get some approvals. But yeah, that's been that's been most of today, um, but pretty light on on client work at the moment. How yeah, about yourself? Okay. Yeah, I, I've mm-hmm. been, yeah, a little more light on client work too. I feel like the 2022 like has not started out super strong for me in terms of like people coming to my door, you know, I've had a few things here and there and some existing stuff I always work on, but not a lot of like new things coming in, it seems like quite yet. Yeah, I guess for me, like, I mean, comparatively, like all of 20. 20- 20 and into 2021 was super light and now it kind of feels like we might be ramping up a little bit but Mm -hmm. i don't like i don't take to take too much stock in that because right you never you never know at this point what the hell's gonna happen i always tell people to like you know when you have those super like fat months don't don't like change the way you're living because then when you have the low months, you don't want it to feel like you're living without or anything, you know, like just keep it kind of on the average with your expenses and whatnot. Totally. Yeah. No, that's very smart. That's definitely a good way to, to move for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw, I, it makes sense you're working with Paul cause I know he's been, he's about to go on tour and all this shit like coming. He seems like to be in kind of a, second wave of like getting the younger audience and stuff and people to know about him and whatnot. Yeah. And it definitely shows in like the art direction I'm getting. It's very like young, very like urban outfitters. Yeah. like online ceramics vibes. Like, yeah, right. he, you're, you're dead on with that. For sure. Um, I was wondering, uh, cause a lot of people I'm sure know you from either some of the asset packs or textiles, things like that, that you sell are just more of like a, um, I guess more of a business, you know, than anything or other than just some individual designer, you kind of operate as like, I see your ads everywhere, you know, pretty much. But, um, <laughs> I'm wondering if you could give me a little bit of background on you just as like a designer and a creative and how you kind of, I guess, got into this industry. For sure. So I started off like in bands as a teenager, and mm-hmm. I think I, I sort of fell in love with music merch like that way, just by like wearing band tees myself, playing in bands. Sure. And then it got to the point where our band needed merchandise and a couple of the dudes in the group like kind of could work their way, way around like Photoshop enough to make like some pins or like maybe some album artwork, but nobody yeah, yeah. could really do like straight up band t-shirts. And I was like, man, I love band tees. I I wear them all the time. Could I maybe try my hand at designing them? And so I found out that I was pretty good at it. And like growing up, I was always a very artistic kid. I was always in the back of the class, like drawing instead of paying attention. Mm. And so if if you combine that with my love for music, it just sort of made sense. And so it it sort of just springboarded from there, like I did t-shirts for for my band that led to like 
playing with other bands and them seeing our merch and be like, yo, like, oh, I did that merch. And so it's sort yeah. of just, it snowballed from there. And that led to just working with like um, lots of local bands and then trying to reach out. Like, I'm lucky enough that like my brain has always sort of been half like um, sort of entrepreneur and half like creative. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I know enough like creative people who just like don't don't have that. And so right away, I was like, I mean, I could probably turn this into some sort of like business. Um, And being in college at the time, like it was definitely helpful to have like some extra income um, coming in. And so I basically just parlayed like working on stuff for my band into like a a part time business. Mm -hmm. And that led to working with a merchandising company in Orlando who primarily worked with like universities and uh, they did a little bit of music merch stuff at the time and i worked there um just sort of remotely from wisconsin they were in orlando Mm -hmm. and so that sort of led to like a cool relationship of like working with some of their bands and like they had they had this company called design spin that basically Mm -hmm. was like a database of uh, t-shirt designs like pre-made t-shirt designs that like any band uh, yeah. or any 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 company could just go on and buy and i basically became a part of that like a contributor to that um creating these pre-made designs and that okay. i think sort of that sort of got me in the mode of like um being able to work it, it at high volume because i would i would create like 10 of these graphics sometimes in like a day um just because i was it was sort of like more of like a hustle thing of like just trying to make like some dope yeah. something dope that would work as a band shirt that makes sense it it, it kind of yeah. seems like a natural evolution then for you to get into selling the actual pre-mates i mean that's a little bit more of a refined version of just like a template you plug and play but that's kind of what you're doing now just with selling like the textiles and the mock-ups and all that stuff yeah a little bit i mean this was like, yeah, I guess like the, I mean, the concept I think is still cool. Mm-hmm. And I see it on Instagram all the time where people will just be like, they'll post like these pre-made designs, anyone can find them. But this was like, at the time it was sort of like a weird concept. Yeah. And I guess to me, like it kind of caught my eye just like conceptually on its own. And that sort of just led me to to think like, well, who are the guys behind um, right. this this company and get to know them better as like because they were the same age as me this company mm-hmm. in Orlando and so I ended up moving there becoming a full-time designer that turned into sort of more of a creative director position that's mm-hmm. when I started working with like like Childish Gambino 30 Seconds to Mars Heim like some bigger names and we just kept growing and it sort of got to the point where like we didn't really see eye to eye anymore as far as like the design side of mm-hmm. things. Cause they were really concerned. Like their bottom line was like, we print t-shirts for bands. We do tour fulfillment. The design stuff is a part of that, but it's not like the bottom line really. It's not yeah, really they don't not care about it money. as much. They, they just didn't care about as much. And I was like, man, I think we have a cool opportunity to be like a design firm. And like, we, we had hired another designer besides myself. I was working with freelance designers. Um, but since we didn't see eye to eye, I was like, I'm just going to go freelance. And that's yeah. where I've been. That's where I've been like the last 
six, seven years is just freelance. Mm -hmm. And then the, the pandemic is what started the whole like Fuller Mo thing. Like, like I never did any of this before that. It was just out of necessity because mm -hmm. all of my client work just disappeared. Right. <laughs> you didn't, so you didn't go to school for design, right? You were just in college for something else at the time? Yeah. Yes. I went to school for journalism originally. Like okay. I, I thought I'd be writing for Rolling Stone. That was like <laughs> yeah, yeah, my, yeah. my goal, like Rolling Stone, alternative press, something. Um, just cause I wanted to get close to the music, like, right. you know, being in a touring band would have been dope, but like, I don't know. I, I just always felt like as long as my job could involve music in some way, I would be very happy. I mean, I think that's you know? what most of the people mm -hmm. that are in like the music industry as, from like a, uh, like adjacent position like that, you know, writers, people working in merch, a lot of them, you know, they were in bands and then they kind of had this realization like, well, shit, I might not, I'm, I'm getting a little bit older. I don't know if I'm going to make it, you know, like as a actual member. So like they still have that passion though. So it's like, let me kind of get in there from a different angle, you know, and be still involved in it. For sure. I know so many designers in the music industry, especially who are all in bands. Like I know yeah. designers who like were in pretty sizable bands too. So yeah, there's definitely a, a, a parallel that seems to happen um, mm -hmm. with those two two. What kind of, of band paths. were you in? It was like a post hardcore band. Like okay, you know, we wanted to be the next at the drive right. or something. You know, that's the even that you know hardcore metalcore like all that even indie post punk all that is the most I think people I know that do the design shit because they're making their own merch and their own album art and you know. You look at a lot of, I used to go to a lot of these hardcore shows. You look at a lot of their merch. It's just like, uh, remixes of like popular logos or some shit, you know, thrown yeah, onto yeah. like into like their own band name or whatever. Yeah, totally. And like, like for me, like it was, I should mention like it was half like, like, um, band merch that I was interested in, but like streetwear, I've always been a big streetwear head, like since I was in mm -hmm. my late teens, um, and so that sort of like also fed my interest in just like being creative and like making t-shirts. Like I've always just like dope t-shirts. Like that's right. really, you know, all it comes down to. That makes to. sense. Did it, yeah. um, so before the pandemic when, and then you said that's what gave you the idea to do like this, you know, more like fuller as a business. Um, what, other than the pandemic though, what made you think like, oh, I should start like creating like what, like what, and what you're selling now, like what gave you the ideas for that other than, you know, kind of your history in that scene a little bit. I honestly, like I started seeing ads for vector lab. If you've mm -hmm. heard of that, it's like a lot of like surf and skate and mostly surf inspired, like logos and, and icon icons and graphics yeah. that are pre-made. And I just kept seeing ads for this. And I was like, man, I'm fairly certain that this, dude to this company has been running this same ad for like two years and right. I, it, it was just very interesting to me that like that was a business model that could exist where like people were continuously finding this company people who mm -hmm. were who were serious about design people who were just getting started people of of all walks of life when it came to like their level of experience with design and so seeing that sort of interested uh me and like i was already doing the youtube videos so i had a little bit of a of an audience that was starting to grow 
Um, but like doing the education stuff first, like I would consider myself like an educator, like on, on YouTube right. first and then the design packs and, and the different like design tools are just like another thing where I'm just like, Hey, here's another thing that's available. It's just like, right. I can't, I can't really advertise the YouTube stuff as much. So I think a lot of people know me maybe first right. from seeing an ad. Cause there's less you know? of like a call to action, you know, other than watch this video. It's kind of like, uh, if you if they want to watch it, they'll watch it, you know? The buying shit, it's a lot more like an ad could maybe intrigue someone that didn't even know like that existed, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like, I don't know, I guess for me, I, I don't know, I, I try to like be thoughtful about the way the ads are put together too, where like mm -hmm. it, the very, the first one I ever made was just, was just like very straightforward where it's just like, yo, I'm fuller. Here's some artwork I've done. Here's some, de some designs I've done for different bands and I yeah. have YouTube and I made some stuff. So check it out. Um, and it worked really well. Like I was very surprised at like how well it worked with like, yeah. um, it just wasn't slick. Like I'm just not like a slick guy. I've never been like great at like high production value, things like that, like fucking, I don't know, sound effects and things like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just very, very meat and potatoes of like, I don't know, here's some stuff I did. If you think it's yeah. cool, great. If not, that's cool too. <laughs> well, people try to, yeah. you know, companies that, whether you think that's like uh, to your fault or whatever, like nowadays companies are like trying to reverse engineer that. They're like, let's make this look like someone just made it on their phone, but it never does because uh, they no. still like they over Hollywood it, you know? And it's like, it's like a TikTok, but it's in like 4K. So you're like, what the fuck? It's, that's obviously not recorded on someone's phone, you know? I know. I know it is funny how that, how that happened. Like, and honestly, like the, the YouTube video that's done the best for me was, was shot on my phone. Like, yeah, I think is if you put the, you should always put the information and content first and like production sure. value is like nice to have. But t in this day and age, like people are used to just like using their phone for stuff and like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I really love where we're heading in terms of like people just wanting to like put content first versus versus like try like thinking they need all this expensive equipment thinking they need to spend a, a ton of money on on different software or lighting or, or cameras or whatever mm -hmm. like it's super dope to me um and that's what i always tell like anyone starting off with youtube like yeah. as long as you're putting the, the the information first and like trying to provide value first like it doesn't really matter if you have like super great equipment but yeah, it's a bonus. I always tell people, you know, yeah, like the idea, mm -hmm. the concept obviously is at the forefront. And if you're going to spend money on anything, spend it on a mic rather than like, I don't give a fuck if your shit is recorded on like a Nokia, but if it sounds yeah. like shit, it's going to be hard for me to listen to like a super long video, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah. Looking back at like some of those old videos I did, like it would have been very nice to have to have some better audio and like if yeah. anyone ever ever asks about it like i always preface with like preface um them watching it with like yo like please forgive the audio quality i promise the content is there if you can just bear with me but yeah um yeah i'm totally with you on that because it's audio. when you, in in like you know when you're probably making some of that early stuff like 
you, you know, you curb your expectations and you just think like, whatever, you know, here's this video. And the fact that it does well with bad audio just means that like you weren't even really expecting it and it kind of just did well. So you're like, well, shit, maybe now I'll grab the equipment or whatever. We, we saw that it worked. Yeah, totally. Like I never expect, like when I first started doing videos, it literally was just like me thinking like, I know how to do this design stuff. I don't see anyone else on YouTube, like who at least had like the same background as me and like had like design for a lot of artists and bands like doing mm -hmm. videos. Like there's plenty of designers making super dope videos, but just like that little space, it didn't seem like anyone was really doing it. And yeah. so it just kind of, yeah, just felt like this is something I would have liked to have seen when I was first starting. And I feel like if you approach things that way, it's, it can turn out better than you expect. Mm -hmm. That's like the age old mm -hmm. kind of advice is like, make the thing you want to watch, you know, with, with anything, a, a movie, a, a video, a, mm -hmm. you know, it's not obviously not working with clients, like doing whatever you want, but if you're making your own content, it's like, if, if you wouldn't, if you don't like it, how do you expect someone else to like it? Cause that's like, you have to be able to enjoy that shit or else you're going to hate it after working on it for like a week, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I, I was just thinking about this earlier today where like, if I had to explain like designing in the music industry and like working with different clients, like obviously first you should definitely try to like, um, impress yourself or like be happy with with what you're doing but like it's so different than like if i was just a designer on youtube where like i if i'm satisfied with it that's kind of where it ends and like if it's entertaining along the way that's cool but like mm -hmm. what to get into the mindset where it's like i have to be thinking about the client whether it's like an art director um and and having worked with them before like know what they like to see and then i yeah. also have to be thinking about like the the history of the band or the artist what their merch has looked like before what it looks like now where they're trying to go and then a step further i have to be thinking about like you know if i'm lucky i'm already a fan of the artist or the band so i can be like well you know what kind of outcast shirt would i want to wear yeah but but you have to be thinking about like the, the end consumer and the fan of like, what are, what are they into? Like, you know, cause I don't know. I feel like if you're not like checking off all those boxes, um, it can be very difficult to, to do it like as a career, like long-term. Right. What, um, so is majority of your freelance work just working on basically just merch in the music industry? Are you doing any other stuff? No, like that's the majority of it. Um, mm -hmm. I, I might be dabbling into into professional like sports, like something with the NBA. And I don't I don't okay. know how much like I can talk ab about it yet. Sure. But I'm super hyped because that's always been a dream. Like I've always been into like <laughs> I've always had a, an obsession with like 90s basketball. Yeah. Um, I feel like I don't know. That's like a thing with maybe like 30 plus year olds uh, who like grew up hooping in like middle school and like during like the golden age of like NBA uh, yeah. basketball. So that's something I'm really hyped on and hopefully I can do that. Cause like, I don't know when you get to the point where like you've designed for so many like big artists and bands, like getting excited is kind of like difficult. Mm -hmm. um, and I would love to get to the point where I'm like 
super feeling super fresh about like working in a particular particular industry you know yeah that makes sense and uh there's a big crossover too and just aesthetic and like interest between like 90s hip-hop and 90s basketball just in terms of the people who like it and also the types of like the way the shit looked like all the vintage shirts like you could replace like a 90s bulls shirt with like you know Snoop Dogg or Tupac or some shit. And it's kind of the same layout, you know, other than the pos- the poses they're in. Totally. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, yeah, I feel like I've always loved that aesthetic. Like it, it's probably just like reverting back to like the, the 10 and 11 year old version of, yeah. of myself where I just like, I don't know. It's just that stuff sunk in with me super hard and just like never left. And I, I'm all about it. <laughs> when you first launched uh, like the textiles and things that are reminiscent of that time, did you think that there was like a big market for it? Cause that shit blew up not only in what you were doing, but just in the collective consciousness of like fashion, like everyone the past three or four years was into that style. So like, did you see that happening and that was part of your like business plan or was this just like kind of those parallels were more luck or something? Yeah, it wasn't like a conscious decision to like make that sort of thing because it was like, like I thought it was like trending or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was more of like I did a video where I designed like a Snoop Dogg shirt. It was like a tutorial to do like a bootleg style rap shirt because I had yeah. done it for years for for different artists and so i was like this is a style i get asked to do a lot i could probably show people how i do it throw it up on youtube and it just sort of started taking off and that's when like i would get little comments asking about like what are the fonts you use or like, what do you recommend or like yeah. all these questions particular particularly about that style and so that sort of i guess led me that's probably like more of the entrepreneur brain when that kind of turned on and I was like, people would probably like to have some tools to better help them make this style mm-hmm. besides like the education part and like learning from scratch. Like it would probably be useful for some people to like have some stuff that they can just mess around with too. And so that sort of fed the machine of like, well, can I do this with like nineties hip hop stuff? Like, can I do this with sports stuff like can i do like and it just sort of snowballed from there into like other genre heavy metal like different genres you know yeah okay yeah that makes sense and i think that's you you know a smart way to think and you kind of a lot of people may not take advantage of that that opportunity when it comes because you think you know oh yeah like someone's asking me this like i'll just explain it and but then you explain it like 10, 20, 30 times. And you're like, well, maybe people don't just want it to be explained. Maybe they want it given to them for like a small price, you know? And then that's just how a business, you had the demand before you even had to worry about like what you were supplying pretty much. Yeah, I guess so. And like, I mean, to this day, like even with, even when you give them a tool that's as, that's as simple as like dragging something to, to the, to Photoshop and then just like clicking around, they, Mm -hmm people still need even that explained. So it that never yeah. really ends. Um, and I say this in like so many videos, like literally like my hope is people get to the point, like I'm talking about like a big a designer who's just getting started and they're watching my videos and they're getting the tools and the presets or whatever. Like 
I want them to get to the point where like they're they're deconstructing stuff that they they buy for me. They're making their own stuff. They're not right. using it at all. Like, um, I just think that's like that really is the the ultimate goal. I think as a designer, like for me, I I make my own textures and I use other people's textures. I make mm-hmm. my own styles and I use other people's styles and I deconstruct them. So. I think it's just a matter of like not thinking super like in a binary way where it's like I have to do all this myself or I have to use other people's stuff. It's just like finding that a blend right. of both. I think that's that's super healthy and I think it's ultimately the most beneficial thing as a designer. Mm-hmm. And there's so many uh, people nowadays that sell like assets or design things and like there's you know five to ten people that i know somewhat personally where like they make my favorite thing of this i use that they make my favorite thing of this i use that and i just make make my own little pack of my own shit and everyone else's but speaking of that do you ever feel like worried that there's too much of that shit that people are gonna not like it's gonna run out this like business model basically i I don't really because I've been designing for over a decade. And in that time, I've continued to use a bunch Mm. of different packs and different textures from all sorts of people. Yeah. Um, For for me, like more is more like I encourage designers to make their own stuff, to offer it on websites. Like I honestly like a, a site like Creative Market to me is like, it's good to have your stuff on there, but like, if you really want to make like design tools and like sell them yourself, like there's no better time than now. Um, Mm. And especially like what the, what the pandemic taught me was that like having these extra sources of income is like pretty crucial. Um, So I'm not really worried about it. It's like, I don't know. I, I always think about the same way as like any other creative thing. Like people listen to like multiple bands at a time. People like, right. I don't know, like sometimes people stop at like Burger King and sometimes they're at McDonald's. Like it, it's just like, I feel like nowadays there's there's access to, to every one and everything. So I, I'm not really concerned. I think my my biggest concern is like, I, I want to make sure that like I'm making something unique as unique as possible. I don't have mm-hmm. any interest in like looking at someone else's stuff and seeing that it's working and like copying them or something. I, I really don't. And I think like stuff like textures, like how many textures can we really have? Um, yeah. I, you know, like I think that like everything has its uh, like a different use, like right. a company like, like, um, like black market, I think has a, a specific like customer base. Like I love black market. I use black market. I feel like mm-hmm. there, I have, I have customers who w- wouldn't understand some of their stuff. Cause it can be, it's just more complex. It's, yeah. um, you know? And so I think that's another thing I'm thinking about, like trying to make stuff that's, that's easy to use, but is is still useful and just really just trying to be unique, like in the way that I approach it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever feel like, so a lot of the style you work in as a freelancer is kind of the same style that in these things that you're selling, you know, like bootleg shirts and 
people come to you for vintage and things. Are you, uh, are you, are you confident in like your connections with your clients to where like, you're not worried about selling this stuff cause you're almost like selling to your own competition as a designer? <laughs> uh, not really. Like I try to put myself out of business as crazy as that sounds like mm -hmm. I, 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 it fuels me to like be better. Like if I know that I'm okay. like teaching all these people. Um, and I don't know, like at, definitely at the beginning, like when I, even when I started doing YouTube videos, like showing how to do certain stuff, I got messages from designers being like, Hey man, like, I don't know if you should be doing this, like giving up <laughs> the secret sauce. I'm like, really? Like, I don't know for me, like maybe it's just like a part of my personality or something, but right. like, I'm, I'm confident enough. Like I've done this long enough that like, I, I, people are not, I feel like people are not going to like stop asking me to do stuff or I'm not going to get like, uh, I'm not going to get outworked by someone because I teach them how to, how to use a texture, you know, I don't know. Right. Like I feel, I feel good about it. Like I want there to be more people who are interested in music merch because it's become such a huge, like over the course of maybe the last like five or six years, especially like it's been so like predominant in like culture, like from like life, like life of Pablo, like merch, like the, whatever it was, a Justin Bieber, like purpose tour stuff. Like that's mm -hmm. in like, it was in like urban outfitters. Like I think right. um, for the first time, a lot of kids are understanding that that's like a blueprint that you can follow. Like someone is designing that stuff um, and they're getting to be creative and they're getting to play within like the music space. And that's cool. And I want to make sure like, I want more people to know about it. You know, I don't want to yeah. hide, hide that, you know? Yeah. I've noticed too, with like <clears throat> gatekeeping ideas and things like that, if you do that, uh, someone's going to figure it out some other way. And then all you ended up doing was giving them like a bad feeling about you, you know, by being like, Nah, like kick rocks. I'm not going to tell you how to do this shit or whatever. Cause people, uh, pe if people want to figure out how to do some shit, like more than likely they are, they're just going to, might just take them a few more mm -hmm. steps in the process. Yeah. And they're ultimately not going to do it the same as you anyways. Like I can teach, mm -hmm. I can teach five people how to do, I can show them exactly how I do something and they might start off doing it the same as me, but just tweaking things along the way and injecting their own personality and their own style yeah. the, at the, give them, you know, a couple months, all five of them will be doing it completely different. I guarantee it. Right. Um, and so I've never had an issue with like showing people how I do something like I've on the other hand, like I do have plenty of people who watch my YouTube videos and copy it down to the same font and the same mm -hmm. exact same gradient. Like they're looking at like the hex values in the video, like everything. Yeah. Um, and they're putting it out as like their clothing brand. And it's like, it's hard to police that. And I don't, I don't care. Like, yeah, I, I know when I put that stuff out there that people are going to do that. Mm -hmm. I just have to hope that I'm inspiring more people to, to take what I show them and run with it and, and do their own thing, you know? Yeah, because I mean, when I watch like tutorials and things, uh, sometimes it fucks me up because if it's something complex, like I, I confuse myself along the way. But whenever I watch a tutorial, like I don't recreate whatever they're creating. I watch it and I'm creating my own version of whatever I wanted to do. And then sometimes it messes it up because like 
that it doesn't directly translate to whatever they were doing, you know, but I never understood the idea of like, cause if you do it perfectly, like one of one, it's kind of like, what are you going to do with that when you're done with it? You know, it's not like you could, I wouldn't feel like comfortable being like, look, I came up with this, you know, when I just did it like verbatim or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, I guess it's like photography versus like painting. Like, I don't know, to Uh me, it's a lot more interesting to look at a chair and like do my own version of it and then just like take a picture. And it's like, now I've got the same exact thing. Like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I I don't, I don't ever follow what they're doing. Like, I don't use the same image. I just take what they taught me and I apply it to like other stuff. And then I tweak stuff along the way. I guess like for, for you and I, like we have enough experience in, in Photoshop, um, that we can like make those adjustments and like change certain things and like be satisfied with the results. I think a lot of like people, when they're just starting off, it's like they, they need to follow it down to the T because they don't understand the complexities of some of the other functions, you know? That's fair. That's probably where I've messed up my on my own shit in the past when I was first starting Now I'd follow something and try to do it my own way and like after effects or something. And I get to like some weird step and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Like, I don't even yeah, know where yeah. all these tools are and shit. <laughs> like some of these dudes on the tutorials are so fast and they're hitting hot keys and I'm like, shit, like there he goes. He's off with the, to the races. I'm not going to be able to follow this. For sure. For sure. And, and you know what? Like, I found out very early on that like, since I didn't, I didn't, when I started off designing, I didn't have YouTube tutorials. Like this is like the MySpace days. Like if I was lucky, mm-hmm. there's like a book at the library where it's like Photoshop for dummies or something. Yeah. And so a lot of the stuff that I taught myself is like, I just, this is the way that I figured out, this is what worked for me. And then I get on YouTube and I'm like showing people and I'm like seeing the comments like, why don't you just use the whatever tool? I'm like, I don't know, maybe I should be, but this is what yeah. I've been doing for 10 years and this is the way I learned it. So I don't know, like it's, it's, it's good. Definitely good in a sense. Like I've learned a ton just from people commenting and being like, Hey man, just so you know, there's an easier way to do this. Like, that's great. I'll do that in the yeah. next video. But yeah, it's just funny. Um, when I, when I get DMS or whatever, and people are like, so how do I start? Like, where do I start with this? Like, like, where can I get more info? I'm like, man, if you only knew what I went through like <laughs> to learn this stuff, like it's, it's, I understand like how my parents feel, you know, like with yeah. how they grew up. I, um, I was talking with this, someone else on my podcast one time, cause everyone's very, and, and like we just talked about open and about like you know, not, not gatekeeping these days. And here's where I got this, here's this font, here's how to do this. But then I almost think there's to a certain point where we like selective, like, um, withholding of information maybe can be good because it's turned some people into like, they don't know how to do anything. Cause they, they weren't like, they're like, well, you, you, you tell them like, well, do it this way or like come up with some idea for this. And then they're like, well, where's the, where's the asset for that or whatever, you know, or like, <laughs> yeah. where do I get that, that, like that font or that text style or something. And it's like some of the best shit's going to come from you having to like meet resistance and then figure out some, you know, creative like way around it. And if we sometimes think like if stuff becomes too accessible, like the overall like quality may start to go down over time. Yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. Um, yeah, I think like 
for me, I, I get a lot of questions like that where people ask like the, the most like rudimentary sort of questions where it's like literally it's it's if I just answered like use Google, that wouldn't be mm-hmm. un, uncommon. Like, um, but I'm, I don't know. I'm like a nice enough guy that like I, I try to be like helpful and, and explain everything and send a lot of like voice memos to people like expl- thoroughly yeah. explaining stuff. But another part of me to your point, like I just think like, man. If I don't reply and I give them like a week to like wonder, I'll bet they'll yeah. figure it out because I did it. <laughs> right. and now they have access to a thousand times more, inform- you know, types of information than I am. And I'm all for helping people and I try my best to, you know, reply to almost everything. But what kind of aggravates me is when like people ask me stuff that I, like I'm already saying or I already said or like right there in the fucking caption and then they're like what uh what font or whatever and i wrote it in the thing and it's kind of like then you're the asshole not me for not answering because you didn't even do your like due diligence or whatever to look into the basic caption at that point yeah i know i have to wonder like i mean you know with with any sort of uh create not not necessarily just creative thing but like um, if you're interested in something like the the interest m- might only last for so long, like, you know, yeah. I was I was really into, you know, baseball when I was, a, you know, in middle school, like in high mm-hmm. school. And then I became interested in something else. But, you know, if if it's really like something in you, like being creative thing, like you're not even going to think about like you're going to get as much information as you possibly can about something. And if it, if you like you said meet resistance if you care enough like you'll just run right through it or you'll find some right. creative way around it but like either you're in like interested and you're 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 passionate enough about it or you're not and i feel like there's there are a lot of people nowadays where it's like i want to start a clothing brand like where do i start it's like right it's just so like such a vague question like if you're not if you're asking me and you haven't even put in like the work of like well what why do i want to start a clothing brand like you know, okay right. if i do like what do i want to say like how how do i have a unique perspective like there's so many questions you should ask yourself that are very like mm-hmm. surface level that you should definitely get to before you like i don't know start a shopify you know or something right like, i think everything's so accessible these days that like uh people can start you know, download some of your shit, download some other shit, create some kind of, you know, streetwear shirt. And then, then they already did all that. And then now they're trying to put the message into it. And it's like, you need that shit beforehand. You know, you need to, why are you even, why does your company even need to exist? You know, cause there's a million fucking brands probably that get started. I mean, more realistically, probably thousands of brands that get started every day. And it's like, you don't even end up ever hearing about them because they were just uh, another copy of some other shit. They didn't have a unique perspective to offer people. Exactly. Yeah. That's always the first thing I say to people. Like when they, they ask me like about starting a brand, like I'm not the brand expert, but I do know that if you, if you put yourself into it, like actually put yourself into it, like, what do I really like? Like what, Mm -hmm. like what, what is the Venn diagram of like, maybe like, like, I have a brand that's kind of like mixed with like 90s basketball and goth aesthetic. Like, all right, mm-hmm. maybe that's something there. 
And even then I'll try to find other brands and make sure it's not like, well, it looks just like that or like finding unique angles, um, I think is paramount in starting a brand today when on Instagram you're met with just like brand after brand after brand. It's just like, right. you got, you have to go the extra mile to like make sure I feel like that your perspective is a little bit more unique than the next, if you want to stand Do you out. Know, um, you know, Duran? <laughs> Yeah, you know that guy. So yeah, yeah. Um, I always think that you and him are responsible for like a million brands being created, you know, from like the types <laughs> of tutorials you do and the assets you sell. Like it either looks yeah. like that or like that. And then or it looks like its own thing. And I'm like, damn, like they, they're really like the almost like a blueprint that a lot of people follow in that way. Yeah, it's interesting. His style is super dope. Um and I've talked to him a bunch of times, like, and I've never, I've never even thought of that. But like, for me, like, it's interesting because my background is, is just like music merch. So it's, it's more like commercial. And that's not to yeah. say that like his, his style is dope. Um, but it's like, like the stuff that I try to do is like, it's, it's more influenced by literally like my career and like trying to satisfy like someone shopping at right you know hot topic or target but it's more broad a little bit it's a little bit more broad yeah it's a little more more universal but like but i definitely envy like someone with his style because i see like um other brands catching on and like you know that'll turn into like huge bands catching on and like right you know working working for a big merchandising company as i did in the past um I had to sort of be in the know of like, you know, be, being into streetwear was super helpful for me because I always sort of had my finger yeah. on the pulse. And so like I would try to um, influence like bands and artists um, in a way of like, no, like this is what the kids are into. Like they, they're they really into like, I don't know, like for a time it was like the drop tail shirts and like a lot of black and white. And like this was like yeah, the, yeah. you know, so I, th I think like you have to sort of be able to recognize like when something is is trendy, but also like, I don't know, having the ability to be like a jack of all trades um, mm -hmm. and do something if you have to, that's like a little bit more mainstream and is going to appeal to like, I don't know, the average consumer like that's helpful. Right. I think that's almost like the fact that you kind of got into this field and industry from like an entrepreneurial standpoint and you didn't have like this design background uh in terms of school I almost think that it is to it, that's one of your biggest strengths because you're not hindered by like this idea like a lot of designers get obsessed with like they they get emotional about the things they're creating like this is my art or this is my design and like they they don't want to fuck with it. They don't want to change it. They don't want it to adapt to like what's going on. But since like you were doing it that other way, it's kind of like, oh, this is what's going on. Like, all right, let's work on it this way. You know, you're not, you almost have a, I guess, I don't know if it's like other people have it, not, not an ego thing, but I think people get attached to the things they create more than they should, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, this, this is kind of a weird I don't know if, if this uh, comparison will make sense, but like years ago, like I kind of figured out that like I wasn't going to be like 
Kendrick Lamar, who's like a rapper's rapper. Like you, you ask like a rap, like someone who loves rap, like mod, like contemporary rappers, like who's the guy? Like they, they'd probably go towards Kendrick before they'd go towards like Drake. But yeah. I'm, I would be more like a Drake because Drake, I guess, has some bars, but he's not like you're not no no real like hip hop head is going to be like all right top five it's Tupac it's Biggie it's Drake Big right. like you know but Drake's mm-hmm. got hits he can make hits um, and so I'm happy to be like someone who can just make hits versus like a designer's designer because I I just I don't know maybe some of this is like the um, what's it called like when you're uh, Fuck, what is it called? Like you're you are really good, but you don't think that you're that good. What's that called? Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. exactly it. So maybe some of it is that, but like I don't know. I've never considered myself like a designer's designer. Um okay. I just I'm just someone that I think can like satisfy what is needed for a project. And I have right. the skill set to like to pull that off. Um and so I'm good with that. So I don't know. I've, I always draw parallels between um, music and and being a designer. It's a good point. Like, it's awesome if you have um, a background in like music theory and like you can read sheet music. It's going to be very helpful. And this is speaking, I guess, to like having um, an academic background in design. But I don't know. Like Paul McCartney can't read music. He seems to do okay. Um, right. The same way that like having knowledge of color theory and typography and all that stuff is not going to be a disadvantage, but it's it's not necessary. It can just be like sometimes if you could just create like a vibe, like you can create a, a whole career just like knowing what like looks cool, which can't really be taught, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that that is a good point. I like the idea of, you know the designers just like, cause there's that in everything, you know, comedians, comedian music, like, yeah. Like someone like big L you said, like, I think that's an even almost a better example than Kendrick cause of the scale of their career. I mean, one of the best like lyricists of all time and like, you know, King of punchlines and all that, but he's never going to have the same influence as yeah. Like someone like Drake or I don't know, like, nowadays like jack harlow or someone like that that's going to be like this big almost like pop star in a way even though they're like a hip-hop artist so that's cool that you like i think having that realization is to your advantage because i have the same feeling where i don't think that i'm ever going to be the best designer that i know especially when i roll with these people that are fucking badass and like i really think look up to them but i realize like that doesn't have to let me stop at my skill level. You know, I can do other shit. I could do this, I can make YouTube videos. I can make, I can diversify my skill set. And I think that's a good mindset to have, like, like you did, where you see you, you're realistic about your goals and where you're at, and you use that to your advantage rather than being like, I don't know, sad or any of that shit, you know? Yeah, for sure. And like, it's no matter like, like, no matter how good or bad you are, if art is subjective, you're always going to, someone's always going to be like mm-hmm. the best to you. And like the next person might look at them and be like, that's trash, bro. Like it, yeah. does, it doesn't matter. So like, why, I don't know why you should just try to find like whatever your strengths are, play to them as much mm-hmm. as possible and just like keep it moving. But don't, 
don't like look at the next designer um, and be like envious of their skill set. Like, unless you really want to do that, like, I don't have the patience to be an illustrator. And that's just like, cause I, I'm very self-aware and I just like, I just yeah. can't do it. It'd be awesome if I could, it'd be a bonus, but like, I know what my strengths are and I just right. play into those. And I think that's hugely important. Um, if you want to have longevity and, and have a career with design. Yeah. I said this in the last podcast I recorded. I, I don't, it will have been out by now, but, um, like I heard this quote, it was like comparison is the thief of joy. And I really like that because, you know, anytime I'm looking at other shit that I'm like, fuck, like how, I don't know how the fuck that was done or how am I going to do that? Or like, I want to do something like that. Unless I really want to do it, I'll try to figure it out. But just comparing yourself to other people isn't really going to get you anywhere. Rather, you could just focus on yourself, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Just enjoy what other people do. Like, Mm -hmm. and if, and just like you said, like if it's something you want to pursue or you want to like emulate or like you should try it, like maybe you're good at it. Like, you don't know, but like, yeah, it's, it sucks. And and it's just like the social media culture of like constantly comparing yourself to others. Another question I get all the time. It's like, I'm just, you know, fuller, like I'm looking at X and Y, you know, designers and like, how do I get to where they are? But like, you have to understand that like, you know, you're, you're looking at the iceberg that it's the tip. Like you just have yeah. to, I always emphasize like every, how every designer, every creative starts at zero. Like, you know, you don't come out of your, out of your mom's like with a mouse in your hand, like clicking around. Like yeah. you have to, you, you, if it's again, it just goes back to like, how, how bad do you want it? Like, then if you want it bad enough, you'll be will you'll be able to recognize that there's going to be frustration along the way and just go through it, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I find it funny, you know, I get asked stuff like that nowadays too, just from whatever followers or any of that, like people will say like, how did you, how do you get like, what do they say? Like some version of the word like notoriety or something, right? How do you get this or how do you get known or something and i'm just like i don't i'm not known bro like i don't know like this shit is just if you're talking about social media like that shit's irrelevant like uh it's not even about that either like if you want to ask me how to get skills like here's here's this like avenue here's this but don't do something based off like getting popular and known or whatever and uh if you're worried about that already like it's gonna be a long road ahead of you fuck it of comparing yourself to shit because you're always gonna be behind some other person you know unless you're literally the like greatest of all time at whatever you're doing yeah yeah and even then it's just it's it's subjective it's never Mm -hmm. it's you know people look at like tom brady and you can use his statistics and say like listen on paper he's the greatest of all time and then someone will step in and say like, well, you forgot about this guy or whatever, but yeah. yeah from like it, the thirties or some shit. Yeah, like what yeah. about fucking Noam Johnson? And it's just like yeah. some like leatherhead ass dude. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. I think that sports <laughs> shit is also like, people are so biased of when they grew up. Like I think Michael Jordan's a goat, right? But I could understand why people think LeBron is or Kobe is because they grew up seeing them, them do fucking fantastical shit, you know? So it's so hard to att- unattach like those biases from yourself. Like, uh, like Kanye too. people that see what he's doing now, like the more he does wild shit, the more they're going to remove themselves from like 
how fucking dope he was and like all this crazy shit he was doing when he uh when he came up so i don't know everyone yeah it just goes back to what you're saying about being subjective like even with this perfect stats like the tom brady shit like no one's gonna care once they, they put their feelings into it and they say like no this guy's the best yeah exactly it's a fun yeah. conversation to have but that's kind of where i leave it <laughs> when you're working with like you know outcast or gambino whatever you're working with this company that works with them or how does that work it varies like i was fortunate enough that with with Charles Gambino, I was working with him and his team at this merchandising company. And then mm-hmm. I left. And then not long after he left. And since I was like, I became like homies with his like merchandising manager. And so mm-hmm. at that point, it was just like a matter of him, you know, texting or like emailing me and just being like, yo, like it's tour time, you know? So that was like, that was kind of a unique case. I'll be honest. Right. Mostly it's working with merchandising companies, but you get to know like, the players, you know, at those companies, art director and project manager and things like that. So um, more often than not, that's the case. Um, mm-hmm. But when I was at when I was at the merchandise company, that's that's when the middleman is like a manager or okay. or, or the middle person is a manager. Um, but yeah, I'm, I I really love working directly with artists whenever possible it can mm-hmm. just be a little bit problematic because you know if they have a busy schedule it might it's it's usually not the first thing on on someone's mind um i will tell you though i don't know if maybe this is like secret information but like last week i did some merch for miley cyrus and she actually is an artist that looks at her merchandise like and approves it like she actually approves it and i don't think that is the case with most people at her level and i mm-hmm. thought that was cool like i i respect that you know yeah <clears throat> what's funny is i think that the opposite of that is i've talked to people in bands and things on instagram and stuff that are already like almost to this you know level where they would have the manager and all that shit but they're just talking to the people directly still because maybe they blew up super fast. Like, you know, like like I've talked to some vocalists of bands and I would think that, and I guess they're just the ones operating the, you know, design, like, like they're the, they're the client, you know, there's no even barrier between them, which I'm sure only lasts for so long. Once you get to like a big, big level that they make you kind of step in with a project manager and all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And, and like, even when, your band, uh, you know, ascends to a certain level, there's usually like a person within the band who's like, they are like the merch person. Like yeah, they, yeah. everyone in the band uh, trusts them to like make the right decisions. That was at least the case um, with a lot of bands that I worked with. It was just like right. always someone who who is like, I'm like the, the art director. One in the band. Yeah, yeah. Shit. yeah, yeah, exactly. That's dope. Well, uh, that's like most of the questions I had for you and everything, man. So I do appreciate you coming on. And if everyone wants to check out, if you're not already familiar, uh, fuller.mo on IG, uh, fuller mo on YouTube. Is that right too? Fuller mo Hagen on YouTube. Okay. Yeah. yeah all that shit. And anything else you want to plug or talk about before we get out of here? Nothing else to plug. I appreciate you having me on. Mm-hmm. Um, you already know this, um, but yeah, I, I, 
I just think you're you're a great host and you ask really thoughtful questions. So keep it up. Like I, I really love what you're doing. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And uh, thank you everyone for listening. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Thank you.